Now, here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger didn't practice for the second day in a row. I'm not freaking out. You're freaking out. Josh Dobbs, the starter on Sunday? Why would I freak out? Makes for great content on Monday after they've lost to the Chiefs. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter at FBomber73 at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. I just keep being right. People be calling me a Steelers hater. Ooh, they only tied the Browns. The season's not over. You're a moron. You're a doomsday guy. Sky's not falling. Randy Feetner said that as a, quote, young OC, he should have given more running backs a chance to run the ball on Sunday. Who's been saying that all week? It's the hater. It's the sky is falling guy. It's me, Adam Crowley. I'm always right. When James Conner fumbled, I didn't put that onus on James Conner. I put that on the coaching staff. I put that on Mike Tomlin. Randy Feetner taking some of the heat. But I think Steven Ridley should have been in the game at times earlier. Maybe even rotate Jalen Samuels in. James Conner has never been the bell cow in the NFL. You say, well, he's got to learn. No, he doesn't. Warm him up to it if you're going to. He played in the preseason. And he shouldered the load there, but he's not playing full games. They did screw up. He did screw up. Randy Feetner did. Mike Tomlin did screw up. And it cost the Steelers a victory. They tied the Cleveland Browns in large part because of that. Don't blame James Conner. I won't. I'll blame the coaching staff, but I will blame that fumble. Without that fumble, the Browns don't win. Bill Cowher is among the nominees for the 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame. Bill Cowher's a hell of a coach. 149-90-1 over the course of his career. He's not Hall of Fame worthy, though. He was just a guy. Maybe a little bit better than that. But he's not Hall of Fame worthy as a coach. How many AFC Championship games he lose at home? He lost in 2001 to the Patriots. A couple special teams gaffes. Led the Steelers to lose that one. Bill Cowher, a special teams guy. Can't happen. 95 AFC Championship game against the San Diego Chargers. Big-time favorites. They lost at home at Three Rivers. Can't happen. 2004, they go 15-1, and lose to the Patriots at home in the AFC Championship game. Look, the Patriots are dynasty. But they still shouldn't have won in 2001. And in 2004, you would have liked to see the Steelers give them a little bit more of a fight. Bill Cowher, good coach. Not Hall of Fame worthy. Antonio Brown's Hall of Fame worthy. On the field. Off the field, he's kind of a jabroni. 
He released a statement to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette apologizing to the reporter that he threatened to punch in the jaw. I would have liked to see him reach out to him specifically, and he did, but you don't need to make it public. Go talk to the guy. Put this behind you. Don't make it a spectacle, because a spectacle is what Antonio Brown's life has become, and he should be trying to get further and further away from that. Here's what Antonio Brown said on June 12th about a similar subject matter. You guys write the stories, you know, uh, I got to wake up to the Google alerts, you guys, you know, constantly under the pressure. I can't go nowhere and work out by myself. Fans come meet me at the field, you know, I can't do nothing normal. You know, you guys write about me every day, my mom, my kids see it. So we have to deal with these type of things, you know. Uh, and I started to think to myself, am I really free? You know, I can't really express myself in this game. I can't really tell you guys how I feel. You guys make the pressure to put pressure on me all the time. Am I really free? You know, and I go to asking myself that being regards is taking away time from my kids and everything that's going on. So I had to get away to, you know, free my mind. What did you learn from that process? I started to think my to myself, am I really free? How's that holding up, baby? Wow. What does freedom mean? There's got to be a reasonable expectation that when you're a public figure that you're going to be scrutinized. There needs to be more of an understanding that when you pop off in the public eye, you're going to get ripped for it. A.B. saying that he's not free than calling Ed Bouchette a racist and telling an ESPN reporter he's going to punch him in the jaw is troubling. All athletes who are superstars are going to get discussed ad nauseum by the media. A lot of these athletes, A.B. included, try to portray themselves in a good light using their own social media. A.B. wants to show fans the real him, right? Juju Smith-Schuster tries to do the same thing. He stopped talking to the media, and he wants to speak to the fans on his own time and on his own terms. Le'Veon Bell, who's been cast as public enemy number one by the traditional media, is trying to push his way through that and is playing the victim on social media. He's trying to tell his side and create his narrative. It's a flawed philosophy, though, because national and even local media alike sometimes lack nuance and they lack the ability to change their minds. So when they see A.B. tweet or Juju tweet, it's just confirmation bias. If Madden looks at Juju as a knucklehead, then he tweets out a picture, Juju does, saying, I'm so lit. It's not going to make Mark think he's cool. He's going to think he's a knucklehead even more. Le'Veon's own social media presence has been used against him. AB's too. Both of them think they help themselves, but they don't. Their tweets and Instagram posts, Snapchats, just become an extra data point for media members to rip them. Eventually, athletes get fired, fed up, fired up. They get fed up with, the, with that. They pop off the way that Brown did. I think it's naive for players to think that they can control their own image through social media, and that's sad to an extent that they'll be lumped in with the confirmation bias, but it's something they need to learn. A.B. should take a break from social media. Juju should take a break from social media. They think it helps them, but it doesn't. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I mentioned that the biggest turning point in the Browns game from week one was the James Conner fumble. I don't put it all on James Conner. I think the coaching staff has taken some responsibility for said fumble today. What I know is that this Browns game is likely going to be as damaging as the Bears lost last year. Steelers fans think that losing to the Patriots in the waning seconds kept them from having home field advantage. It didn't help. Had they won, they would have had the number one seed. 
But had they beaten Chicago, it wouldn't even matter. Steelers would have gone 14-2. and They likely would have played the Patriots at home in the AFC Championship game. To those who tell me that the Steelers will be fine and there's no reason to overreact due to a tie with the Browns, kiss my ass. We all had the Steelers at 2-0 and against the Browns this year when we were predicting, right? It matters. Imagine if they go 12-3-1 and and the Patriots go 13-3 and with a win over the Steelers. Most people will say, damn, you got to beat New England, and then you're in. No. You take care of business against the Scrubs. You take care of business against the Browns so that the game against New England doesn't matter. That New England game last year was dubbed the game of the century, basically, by Steelers fans. We need this one. We can finally beat these guys. And they kind of did beat them. Didn't count, but they kind of did. If the Chicago Bears game becomes the victory the way you thought that it should, Steelers aren't in a position to need to beat New England. And that's the position they need to be in every single year. In one where they don't need to beat the Patriots because they haven't beat them enough. I mentioned Bill Cowher. You go back to 2001, they have served the Steelers their own ass almost every time since then. Steelers haven't beat them in the playoffs. They only beat them twice in the regular season. One of those times, Tom Brady didn't play. It was 2008. You want the Patriots game not to matter because you're not going to win. And until they do, I'm not going to think otherwise. Unfortunately, now it's probably going to matter because they tied the damn Browns. Hell, this year, it might be even more damaging. Because I think the division's going to come into play. I think the wild card could come into play. Seeding, I guess, still could come into play. But it's going to bite the Steelers in the ass. You're up 14 on the Browns in the fourth. Go win that game. And if not, if you want the number one seed in the AFC, you're going to have to beat New England. Big one on Sunday. Is the Chiefs coming to town? Le'Veon Bell and James Harrison owned the Chiefs. Owns. They don't have those guys anymore. The Steelers have held Tyree Kill in check over his last three games against the Steelers. He only has 85 yards receiving. He's a game-breaker. But Alex Smith didn't want to throw the ball downfield. So a speedster, a guy who can get open deep, doesn't necessarily matter as much when you've got that quarterback. I'm guessing that changes just a tad with Mahomes. I think the Steelers will win. Uh, It's not going to be easy. And it's not going to be easy as it looked in recent years. You can bet that. Also take the over. Bengals and Ravens tonight. I think both teams are potentially playoff good. I'm excited to get a better feel tonight. The winner will feel like the Steelers' true challenger in the AFC North, I think. And both teams are significantly improved. I think Baltimore goes into Cincy and wins. Unless they lose. Who the hell knows? It's the NFL. But one team's going to be 2-0. and And that team will be the team to beat in the AFC North. Unless they tie. If they tie, who's the team to beat? I don't know. I hope they tie. I want every game to end in a tie now. I hate the standings when there's only two teams that have a tie at the end of the record. It looks dumb. Jerry Dulac going to join us coming up in about eight minutes to talk about the Chiefs game this weekend and to talk about Randy Feetner admitting that he should have sprinkled in a few more RBs in the Steelers' tie against the Browns on Sunday. How about hockey? 
It's back tomorrow. Penguins camp starts. I can't remember the last time I've been this excited for a Penguin season. I know that sounds ridiculous, but when you win the Stanley Cup, the next year you're fired up because they're going to raise the banner, and that's all exciting. But you're not hungry, right? Well, the Penguins then won another Stanley Cup. So last year, eh, I had a malaise. You're excited to see them, but they kind of weren't playing as hard as you wanted to see, particularly early in the season. They had their ups and downs, their roller coaster. This year's totally different. The Capitals are the Stanley Cup champs. They've got what's Pittsburgh's, baby. And Sidney Crosby, that 87 signing mother bleeper, and Evgeny Malkin, they're coming for you. I'm jammed. Take back what's rightfully yours. The Sharks acquired Eric Carlson from the Senators. What a fall from grace for them. Two years ago, the Penguins played the Sens in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were a goal away from going to the Stanley Cup and playing the Preds. And now they're trading everybody. Everybody getting shipped out of there. Including Eric Carlson, who's one of the top five players probably in all of hockey. How about Burns and Carlson together? Holy bleep! It looks like two people who probably live in a duplex in Dormont with Carlson's hair and Burns' beard. It's kind of nasty. Joe Thornton's creeping around, too. My God, it's like Ugly Three's company. Anyway, those two, possession-wise, back-end-wise, that defense, give me studs. I got the Sharks in the Stanley Cup already. Hell, they're my pick. September 13th, hockey season, a month from starting officially, and I've already got the Sharks in it. The Penguins are hungry. Remember Rob Rossi was on... Right after the season, he said Malkin congratulated Ovechkin in the handshake line last year and said something along the lines of, we're coming for you, you buck-toothed jackass. All right, I added that part myself. Malkin said, the rest is great. Getting to breathe is great. Getting the time off is great. But they want to beat the Caps. The Penguins seem to be in that malaise last year. I don't think they will be this year. I think the Metro's in their future. The division. The division championship. Coming up next, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Randy Feekner says that James Conner should have been the only running back touching the ball. Go figure. That's next, Crowley Show. Le'Veon Bell and James Harrison owned the Chiefs. Owns. To own the Chiefs. Owns. Owns. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. We now move on-ish from the Steelers' tie against the Cleveland Browns from Week 1 on to Week 2, and we're joined now by Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to discuss the upcoming matchup. Jerry, sponsored by Frank B. Fewer Wholesale and the Clubhouse in Gibsonia, serving Yingling Lager 16-ounce drafts 225 all day on Saturdays. Jerry, I think that the Steelers are going to have a tough time with Kansas City. I mean, I don't think they'll win the game, but... You don't have Le'Veon Bell. You don't have James Harrison, both of whom have had a lot of success against the Chiefs the last couple of years. 
Well, Adam, uh, good afternoon. First off, uh, that lead-in music, man, I felt like I was getting ready for a massage instead of getting ready to talk to you <laughs> and kind of enlighten you as to what was happening. Um, yeah, and, and not only that, you're not going to have Joe Hayden. You're not going to have David DeCastro. And, you know, we'll find out tomorrow. But based on what we've seen the last two days, you're not going to see Ben Roethlisberger, although I'm not so certain about that. Uh, you know, but if he doesn't practice tomorrow, um, then he's not going to play. Um, you know, then that MRI showed something that they don't like, and they're just going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be cautious with it. But, um, hey, the Kansas City Chiefs are a good football team. They proved that last week going into L.A. and beating the Chargers, uh, you know, at their home. I like that San Diego team. No, I know they were playing without a couple of their defensive stars, but uh, they got a, you know, Kansas City has a lot of weapons to, to stretch the field both horizontally and vertically, none, none bigger and better than, um, than Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I do expect, though, if Ben plays, I expect him to have, he's had big games against them. Um, you know, his completion percentage the last three or four games against them is 75%. Uh, percent. Um, you know, 770-some yards, uh, a bunch of touchdowns, and he's back at home. And so if he plays, I, I expect the Steelers to bounce back in a big way. We've seen them do that many times after a not-so-pretty performance. Vance McDonald, is he going to play in the game, you think, on Sunday, Jerry? Well, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, and, and by that I mean, you know, their, their M.O. with the guy who has not done anything since the first day of had at practice at training camp is usually to spend a full week on the scout team to see how he responds. And then once they're satisfied and he's satisfied that he's feeling better, then they put him, uh, you know, uh, back up into the, uh, with the regular unit and, and, you know, get him back involved in the game plan. And they really didn't spend a week doing that. You know, he was out on the field last week for one day and then that was it. And while he has been on the field the last two days, um, you know, it's, it's been limited. So I'm not so certain that he's going to be ready to go, but I will say he's at least getting closer to being in uniform. I would think by next week, barring any kind of setback, um, that by, you know, by the Tampa game, he should be back. Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network joining us here on the Crowley Show. Jerry, I love Pat Mahomes coming out last year. And he looked very good in game number one. I mean, he can throw the ball as far as any quarterback in the league. That arm strength is unbelievable. Uh, he's athletic. The Steelers have struggled with athletic quarterbacks uh, recently. Blake Bortles had a good rushing performance in the playoff game. Of course, we saw last week what Terod Taylor was able to do against the Steelers' defense. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this guy up close and personal. How does he change their offense as compared to what Alex Smith did before? Well... Uh, I, I think the defense he is going to face on Sunday is a little better than the one he faced in um, in uh, Los Angeles against the Chargers because of the players uh, they had missing. But, um, you know, with that big arm that he has, uh, you know, Adam, it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of incongruous with the way they play, you know, with that West Coast offense. You know, you're more accustomed to seeing – Alex Smith kind of dump it left, dump it right, short over the middle. You know, last week Patrick Mahomes was was a 17 of 25 for 257 yards, I think was the number. If that was Alex Smith, he'd have been 22 of 25 or 23 of 27 for 220 yards. It would have been a more efficient 
performance. And I'm not knocking Patrick Mahomes. I'm just pointing up kind of the difference, even though it's a West Coast offense, that this guy will attack down the field uh, a little bit more. But, you know, they had a lot of success with Alex Smith. Four playoff seasons in five years. But, you know, I think the same reason they traded Marcus Peters and decided to cut Tom Bahali and Derek Johnson and, you know, they just feel they need to improve uh, and get a team that can move past the first round of the playoffs and not happy just getting there. They want to go farther, uh, further, excuse me. And I think the decision to put Patrick Mahomes in there and make some of those other moves is, is uh, you know, proof of that. Jerry, the Steelers have done well against Tyreek Hill. Uh, his game yeah. on Sunday was unbelievable. He might have been the best player in the league last weekend. Uh, what do they do now to slow him down? And obviously no Joe Hayden. That might affect some things, too. Yeah, I think there's going to be a number of guys, though, who are going to deal with uh, Tyreek Hill because they also line him in different areas. It wouldn't, wouldn't be like they would just have Joe Hayden follow him, but he's not going to play. Uh, Cam Sutton will get the start. Um, yeah, in three games against him, uh, uh, Adam, they, he's the, they've done very well. I mean, the most yards he's had in any of those three games is 34. Uh, he has not been a factor whatsoever, given the fact that this is a guy who has 13 touchdowns of 56 yards or longer, and he's only been in the league, you know, basically two full seasons, 32 games. So the numbers that this guy produces and the touchdowns that he produces from the other side of the 50 is unmatched uh, in the league. And he is a big play, explosive guy, and that's going to that's gonna be the big key. You know, the Steelers, if he, you know, they don't want him to get behind their defense because if he does, guess what? The Steelers, they won't catch him. So the key is with him is to keep him in keep him in front uh, of their eyes and and hopefully get him uh, get him on the ground. But whatever they've done for three games, uh, you know they should keep doing. It's kind of like the scene from when Harry met Sally. I'll have what she's having. Well, it's the same deal. Whatever they're doing, I'll take back. Jerry Eric Berry doesn't look like he's likely to play in this game. Uh, they don't have uh, Marcus Peters uh, like they did before. What? What do they do defensively? I think they could be one of the worst defenses maybe in the league this year. You know, uh, Philip Rivers said after the game, I think he passed for four and a quarter yards. <laughs> he says, we could have passed for 600 yards. And that's, that's an indictment of their defense. And that's why uh, I said earlier, if Ben plays, I would expect him to have a big game. And, you know, Eric Berry, I'm sure, is not going to play again. Um, and no Marcus Peters. Uh, you know, they are going to rely on their outside rushers. Justin Houston and, and D Ford, you know, they brought in uh, Anthony Hitchens, uh, you know, on the inside to add some speed. And he had, uh, I think, a league-high 15 tackles last week. But they're just not very good in the back end like kind of they once were. And, uh, you know, again, the success that Ben has had against them, uh, if he plays to me, will only continue and, and even more so. Um, they should be able to throw the football and make plays. Uh, against the Chiefs. Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jerry, you tweeted out uh, that Randy Feekner said maybe he should have gotten more running backs involved on Sunday. Do you agree with that? Well, let me say this. Um, I understand why he didn't. Uh, you know, he said that's on the young coordinator, meaning him. He says, I should have got the other running backs in the game. I think somewhere along the line, Adam, you give the guys – you know, you put him in for a couple plays, and not, and not necessarily Jalen Samuels, because to me, you don't put a rookie uh, in the game, in his first NFL game, on the road, especially 
you know, in Cleveland and that kind of environment that they have there. So, but I would have put Stephen uh, uh, Ridley in, even if you don't give him the ball, if for no other reason to give James Connors, uh, you know, uh, James Connors' legs a little bit of a rest. You know, that's that's his first full game, yeah. and now you're running him every play, and he's in there, and he's not getting much of a break. I would have done it just for that reason, but I get why they didn't because he was he was performing, uh, you know, so well. So I think you'll see, uh, I think you'll see that change a little bit. Not that Stephon Ridley's going to get in there and carry five, six, seven times, but he might get in there and carry two or three times. You know, on first down, maybe on second down. My guess is probably to start a series, uh, d- depending on the flow of the game. If the offense has been on the field a long time, I, I think you'll just see a small adjustment to that uh, against Kansas City. Jerry, uh, I think exciting is not the word. Excited, pardon me, isn't the word that I'd use to describe myself for tonight's game between the Bengals and the Ravens. But I am interested to see uh, which team prevails. Hey, maybe a little tie. But which huh. which of those two teams, Jerry, do you think is the better football team? Well, you know, uh, Adam, I, I had said in the picks that I do each week that I'm not sure what I was more surprised at, Baltimore putting up 47 and routing Buffalo, or Cincinnati coming back on the road in Indy against Andrew Luck. They were down 13 in the fourth quarter, and, and they came back and won, uh, you know, kind of like the Browns did, except the Browns didn't win. So, um, you know, I give the Bengals credit for that. I, I think – I. If Baltimore is going to be a team that can score points, then they're going to get everybody's attention, including the Steelers, in a division race. Um, because now, um, you know, that's been their problem for all these years. They have just have never given, uh, you know, since their division-winning years and Super Bowl years, they've never given Joe Flacco the types of players that he needs, especially the receivers, uh, to be successful. Well, that's changed a little bit. You know, uh, uh, he keeps going through offensive coordinators, but not that they're going to put up 47 every game, but that was the most, that was the thing that stood out the most to me, that they were able to put up uh, uh, that many points. And, and we'll see tonight if they're able to do it on the road uh, in Cincinnati. But, you know, if they have another impressive performance, um, you know, I, I think they're going to raise a few eyebrows and, and command some more attention, not only in the division, but around the lake. Jerry, really good stuff as always, man. I appreciate the time, and we'll see you Sunday for Steelers Chiefs. All right, brother. I'll see you at the ball yard. All right, take care. That's Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network, sponsored by Frank B. Fewer Wholesale and the Clubhouse in Gibsonia, serving Yingling Lager, 16-ounce drafts, 225 all day on Saturdays. Watch some college football. Have a couple of yings, baby. I'm kind of looking forward to that game tonight. I really am. Ravens, Bengals, at least there's something to talk about. Usually these Thursday night games suck, but at least this is something that matters to the Steelers, and Steelers are going to be fighting an uphill battle. I said coming into the year, don't be surprised if Baltimore gets out of the gate and has a good first four or five games. Their schedule is soft other than the Steelers. And, look, I guess soft, it all depends. Cincinnati's a pretty good football team, one that I think can contend for the playoffs, but they're not world beaters. Uh, it is on the road, but Baltimore, if they win this game, they can start off 4-1, and one, and then they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, they're going to be in this thing. You start off 4-1 and one in this shoddy AFC, you're going to be hanging around. 
And I think that they will probably get the win tonight. More on that a little bit later. Coming up next, the Chiefs are different this year than they have been. So are the Steelers. I'll explain. It's Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Jerry Dulac joined us in the last segment. He thinks there's a chance Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play on Sunday. We'll find out tomorrow if Ben Roethlisberger practices. Hey, he's going to play. If not, might it be the Josh Dobbs show? Just get ready for the hottest of takes if Josh Dobbs plays Sunday and the Steelers lose. I can't remember the last time I've gotten that worked up about the Steelers, and it was because of the backup quarterback situation. Everyone was talking about Le'Veon. He didn't show up. What's going on? The only thing I wanted to talk about was backup QB. Tom was making fun of me. I think Landry Jones gives him a better chance to win. If Ben doesn't play on Sunday, they're not winning. Well, Crowley, the backup shouldn't be out there. It's tough for a backup to beat a good team. You have a backup that you think can beat good teams at home. And if they lose, you could say, well, they wouldn't have won with Landry. Eh, they'd have had a much better shot. But we'll see. Ben Roethlisberger may well yet play. And if he is healthy enough to play, I think he'll play well because the Chiefs' defense is awful. As you heard Jerry say, Phillip Rivers said they could have thrown for 600 yards last week. Phillip Rivers doesn't usually say things like that. He can be a cocky SOB, but... He's not usually great with the sound bites. Eh, we could have thrown for 600. Well, you should have. Then maybe you would have won. But if Ben's healthy and he's home Ben, not road Ben, I think he'll dice them up. My question is, how good will this defense that performed, I thought, pretty well against the Browns play against what is an offensive juggernaut? The Chiefs have the personnel to be the best offense in the league. Travis Kelsey going down the seam is a load. Tyreek Hill is so small, you can't see him, and then he's behind you. And Patrick Mahomes, unlike his predecessor, Alex Smith, he's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. I've never gone in to a Steelers-Chiefs game worried that the Steelers are going to lose. They lost when Landry went there for his first ever start at Arrowhead. Other than that, the Steelers have had their way with them of late. I never worried about Alex Smith. And I know he had an MVP-type season last year, and he probably doesn't get the credit he deserves, but the Steelers are really good, and they have been under Dick LeBeau and now even Keith Butler, usually of tackling the catch. Steelers missed a lot of tackles last year, but that's that's what they predicate the defense on. Tackle the catch, break down, make sure that small little dump-offs and screens and slants don't turn into bigger plays. So that plays right into the Steelers' hands because that's all Alex Smith does. And I know early on last season, people said, oh, Alex is different. He's chucking the ball down the field. He still wasn't taking risks. He was chucking the ball down the field when guys were wide, stanking open. That's not changing. That's him taking what's given. And that's what he's always done. If he can run for a first down, he will. If it's third and 18, he's always going to throw it short of the sticks. That's the kind of player he is. But he'll take what's there to be taken. Pat Mahomes will take what he wants. There's a difference there. Alex May says, oh, you let me complete this five-yard pass? Okay, thank you very much. Pat Mahomes says, I'm going to throw it 70 yards over everyone's flipping heads. 
And Tyree Kill cannot be overthrown. I will throw it. It will exit the orbit of the earth, come back down in the end zone, and Tyree Kill will be under it, and he'll catch it for a touchdown. And that scares me. The Steelers' defense is better now than it was last year, I believe, even after one game. The personnel's better. I think T.J. Watt makes a huge difference. I think a healthy Stephon Tua makes a huge difference. I don't know if they're a good defense. They are better than they were last year. That I do not doubt. What I do doubt, though, is their ability to communicate. As I said, I'm a dork. I'm a nerd. I went back and watched the All-22 the other day. And the Steelers, on a couple of occasions, had their backs turned when the ball was snapped. John Bostick is looking in the opposite end zone before Tyrod Taylor snapped the ball last week. Communication's a problem, and it's going to be a huge problem against a team like the Chiefs that run all kind of wacky stuff. I saw them run option plays last week. Speed options, sprint options, pitching the ball, read options, Tyree Kill in the backfield. They've got all kinds of weapons. They're going to score points. If Josh Dobbs is the quarterback, are the Steelers? Steelers didn't score points against the Browns last week with Ben, with David DeCastro. You're going to tell me they're going to score points with Josh Dobbs and no David DeCastro? I ain't buying it. And then there's the Joe Hayden injury. If Joe Hayden doesn't play, it doesn't sound like he's going to. It's Cam Sutton's show, and again, Tyree Kill has the ability to take the top off the defense. These aren't your daddy's Chiefs, man. The Steelers no longer own them. Owns. Mahomes week one, 15-27 for 256 yards. Not efficient, but 15 completions for 256 yards. That's yeah, pretty good. Four touchdowns, by the way, no picks. He's dropping his arm angle. He's flanging it like he's young, young Kim. Four out of five times when the Steelers beat the Chiefs when they had Alex Smith, Smith didn't throw for 300 yards. I worry about Pat Mahomes' ability to do just that. Also, Hill had 85 receiving yards combined in the last three games against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm betting he has more than that in this game. He was one of the best players, not just at the wide receiver position last week, one of the best players in the game. He had more than that last week against the Chargers. He's great on special teams. Had a return touchdown. Here's how the Steelers are different. Bell had 677 yards in the last five games against the Chiefs. You can run on him. Not only Le'Veon Bell has had success running the ball on that football team, but I'd feel a lot better if it were Bell as opposed to James Conner. Again, Conner's fine. Bell's all pro. Bell tore them up. Bell's running style tore them up. James Harrison always bitch slaps Eric Fisher. Every time. James Harrison ain't going to be on the field on Sunday. Again, if Ben plays, I'll pick the Steelers to win. But I think so many people in Steelers Nation think the Steelers, they tied against Cleveland. So they're going to be bouncing back from what they feel like is a loss, and that will help motivate them. 
They usually play down to their level of competition. Well, this is a good team coming in, we think, so they're probably going to play up to their level. And the Steelers have historically, of late, dominated this Kansas City team. But the Steelers have been so good lately with their bounce-back victories because they've been a great football team. Uh, this team right now looks inconsistent to me. I know it's one week, I know, but I thought they'd be inconsistent coming in and they already showed it. So I don't buy that, and I certainly don't buy that Kansas City's the same. Or the Steelers are the same. They're going to score points. 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. Charlie Batch, our dude. He does the Steelers postgame show on the Steelers radio network with Stan Saverin. You can catch Stan's show from noon until 2 every day right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Batch said that Terry Bradshaw hasn't set his foot in the Steelers' facility since Batch has been a Steeler, and even since he's retired from being a Steeler. And Batch is around the team all the time. So I put up this Twitter poll. Uh, very scientific. You can check it out at underscore Adam Crowley. More iconic Steelers quarterback. Charlie Batch or Terry Bradshaw? 41% of you are right. It's Charlie Batch. I didn't say he was better. Of course I kid a little bit here. Charlie Batch is around the team. When Charlie Batch gives an opinion on the Pittsburgh Steelers, you should stop and listen because he knows what he's talking about. He's in the meetings. He was in training camp. He's around the football team. He gets good access. Terry Bradshaw's never around. And I think the problem is the national media asks him questions as if he is, and then the general public soaks it all up. Every time Terry Bradshaw says Mike Tomlin's a cheerleader, people buy it because it's Terry Bradshaw, all-time great Steelers quarterback. I'm sure he's around the team all the time. No, he's not. He's never around. Charlie Batch is. I think that matters. Now, entertainment matters the most, obviously. That's why Terry Bradshaw's being passed around today to every damn radio station throughout the country. But don't look for him for anything more than entertainment. Look for him for... Don't look for him for the insight. When it comes to Terry Bradshaw, a guy like that, he's still making judgment calls off of his day. You know, the game left him years ago. Like you said, he hasn't been around it, and he sees everything through the light that he saw it in when he played. It's funny when you have old players like that, and they're not around it. And and to your point, he's not around any team. He's around TV sets. Right. He's just things are coming off the top of his head. I don't even think he knows what he's saying half the time. He doesn't, and he's great for TV. Yeah. He's a good radio guest. He says things that move the needle. I'm not going to begrudge him for that, but... Don't pretend to know something and don't give the appearance of being around the team whenever you're never around the team. Here's what I love. People chiming in on Twitter, voting on this iconic Steelers quarterback poll and taking it seriously. (laughs) Christian says Dennis Dixon. That guy's not taking it seriously. Okay, I see you, Christian. All right. G.H. Tripp says Bradshaw could care less about Pittsburgh or the Steelers and hasn't since most millennials were even born. Damn right. Freeman says, how is this a question? (laughs) <laughs> hey Freeman you're a dumbass this guy came after me on Twitter yesterday this Freeman guy ah, just bite. you know what unfollow me and get the hell out Freeman. just for Freeman you. add Josh Dobbs on there just so he can think you're like even crazier I need you know what I should make some amendments <laughs> I think I think Tommy Maddox Josh Dobbs should be on the list I mean Jesus 
Jim says Batch is markedly more likable. Bradshaw's a bleep show. Whoa! Yeah. And then there's Shanatua, <laughs> who says, I would have said Bradshaw a few years ago, but he's really turned into a douchebag, or at least he's revealed himself to the public as a grade-A bleep hole. Yeah, I agree. I don't mind what he does, television-wise. I think he's fine. I think that that show is slappy and he fits right in, but anybody who thinks that he is the, if he's anybody who can offer insight on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think you're kidding yourself. Coming up next, the Penguins are more likable than the Steelers, right? But does that matter at all? We'll discuss Crowley Show.